0: And welcome to Unrelatable with Maddie Wisner, your hot girl's guide to all things health, wellness, and the NFL. If you're new, my name's Maddie. If you're returning, happy Monday. I mean, I guess if you're new too, also happy Monday. But we have such a fun episode in store today. I'm finally sticking to my promises. And I said we're doing it, so we're doing it. Honestly, like many of my previous episodes, this one has definitely been a long time coming. Again, I said I'd do it last week. If it's coming to you as a jump scare, welcome to Cycle Syncing 101. We are going to be chatting all things feminine energy, embracing our biology as women, and living in alignment with our internal 28-day-ish clocks. Awesome, so that's kind of my preface, that's kind of my trigger warning, okay, if this is not something that is in alignment with what you want to hear today, we'll talk on Wednesday for Sunday Scaries episode like 16 or something. So yeah, I'm really going to be doing my best to do this justice because I personally am working on embodying my own feminine energy and just kind of, we've talked about owning our shit on this podcast. That's basically what I'm trying to do. I need to own my shit in this department. Again, I want to do it justice. I want to give her the respect she deserves. And I mean, simply put, the female body is a beautiful thing. She does amazing things, crazy things. And I just need to be in a comfortable state talking about it I guess like sometimes I just get uncomfortable because it makes other people uncomfortable and not necessarily other women because if you're listening to this podcast it's obviously for a reason and you clicked on it to sign up but like I remember it was so I graduated from college back in June so our last mom's weekend my mom comes to visit this was about in May And I went to Oregon State. So State College, Corvallis, Oregon was just voted, like they named it the top 20 um, drunkest, like it was the 20th drunkest city in the U.S. And all of the other ones were in Wisconsin. So I'm really leveling up (laughs) because if you listen to our Am I Drinking episode about sobriety, being sober curious, protecting your peace, it's not really my vibe. But anyways, I went to a state school. I went to the same college my parents went to. And that kind of means, I mean, again, I'm from Oregon, went to Oregon State. A lot of my friends at Oregon State are also from Oregon. They also went to Oregon State or their parents also went to Oregon State. And my mom's friends, my parents' friends, they have kids who maybe I don't know or maybe we're different ages that go to Oregon State. So basically mom's weekend and dad's weekend too. Mom's weekend, parents' weekend is basically a family reunion, honestly. And so we're hanging out with my friends, my parents' friends, sitting at this bar watching a baseball game. It's evening time, it's not 3 a.m. or anything and we're talking about vacationing and trips and someone's going to Europe and so we're talking about how sometimes the food that they're eating in Europe is doesn't hurt your stomach like the gluten doesn't hurt your stomach because the way it's cooked and the way it's prepared and the way it's harvested and all that and then one of my mom's friends goes i heard and this might be a little bit deep This might be a little bit inappropriate for this kind of a conversation. Like we're at a bar watching a baseball game. But she's like, I heard that sometimes the seasonal foods that you're eating at certain times of the season, because they're harvested, whatever then, (laughs) I need to stop. The seasonal foods, like foods that are in season when you're eating them, when they're in season, they help with your immune system. Like maybe the foods that you eat in the fall because they're in season in the fall, like help combat the common cold that goes around in the fall and winter. But again, the main point was this topic might be a little bit a little bit too much for this kind of conversation. My mother goes, well, Madeline eats in accordance with her menstrual cycle. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. So was everyone else. My guy friends are sitting next to me and they're just like, uh, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> Basically, that was my coming out regarding cycle syncing. And it didn't go so well. So I'm trying to like heal. (laughs) It wasn't bad. I love my mom. She's amazing. It was great. But I'm just, I'm owning my shit as we talk about this. So first things first, what the fuck is cycle syncing? (laughs) Throughout this episode, I'm going to be referring mostly to the book I read on cycle syncing. I've read it a few times. It is called In the Flow. Flow is spelled F-L-O and it's by Alyssa VT. I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. And just to introduce the book a little bit, they're titling it, again, it's in the flow, Introducing the Cycle Syncing Method, a 28-day plan with recipes, workouts, a daily planner, and a biohacking toolkit. And then unlock your hormonal advantage and revolutionize your life is their whole motto. And when you read anything, especially in the self-help department, in the cycle syncing department, the medical, women's health, all the things... It's always best to take what works for you and leave what doesn't. I don't necessarily use the daily planner. I don't necessarily follow the recipes, but everything in there honestly was full of so much good information and it was really a lot of information. So I was very intentional about titling this episode Cycle Syncing 101 because it's very likely that we will be having a Cycle Syncing 102 in the near future. And we'll get into that more as the episode continues on. But basically, cycle syncing is living and behaving in a way that honors your 28-day clock, which is the length of your menstrual cycle. It isn't always 28 days, and that's okay. But we're honoring that inner clock and then honoring the different phases of our life, of our month, of this cycle. And really the gist of it and the gist of kind of what the book talks about and why I found it so meaningful and so powerful is the fact that society has seriously normalized only the male hormonal pattern. Like literally our daily lives are set up in a way that optimizes male hormonal efficiency because like I said, ours as women is 28 days, 27 days, 30 days, whatever. But the male hormonal cycle is 24 hours. And so when we look at a stereotypical day, all right, we wake up, sometimes we go to the gym, but basically most people work out in the mornings. Okay, we wake up, we go to the gym, we go to work. We have lunch during work and then we come home, relax, watch TV, dinner, go to bed. Oh, and we've got like after work drinks sometimes, stuff like that. But basically that stuff and what is totally normalized and what's accepted that is the prime setup for the male hormonal function. A man, <laughs> a man wakes up with the most energy in the morning. That's why most people are working out in the mornings. And then we could talk about intermittent fasting too in the fact that that setup saying that you don't need to eat until lunch and like that also supports a male's hormonal function. And then you work all day, you're feeling more social in the afternoon and then we relax and we go to bed. So it's a man's world, all right? 24 hours Obviously as women, it's very different, but it's also important to mention that it's different because science is really only ever focused on this. And there's so much more research on a male's body than there is on the female body. And it's just not great. It's not awesome. So I would highly recommend reading in the flow because it really does a great job kind of talking about the injustice that is present in the medical industry and how to live your best life, how to honor what we go through in a 28 day cycle as women. And how to own our shit, because we love that on this podcast. And I mentioned phases, so we can get into that. But instead of, I guess, honestly, growing up and going through puberty and all those things, my mentality behind the phases of the cycle was you're on your period or you're not. Or maybe we're not on our period. Our period is going to start soon because I'm PMSing, which I don't know what that stands for. I should know what that stands for, and I'm not going to look it up because you guys probably know what it stands for. But it was, we're not on our period, okay, now my titties hurt, now I have cramps, now I'm breaking out, now I'm so bloated, and I'm in a bad mood. Then I started my period, and then that's the cycle. There's three parts, and it just goes over and over and over. So after expanding my knowledge, we see that our 28-day cycle includes four phases. We have the follicular phase, the ovulation phase, or ovulatory. I like ovulatory better. I really hope that that is widely accepted. Okay, the luteal phase the menstrual phase and each one means something different We're gonna go over all four phases and how to optimize your life in every four in all four And what's really at work during these phases is yes, we have ovulation We have the production not the production but like the moving of the egg the shedding of the lining again Really trying to be in my energy as we talk about this But I wanted to actually highlight the hormones themselves at work. So the two dominating ones are estrogen and progesterone. Estrogen dominates in the first half of our cycle as we prepare for ovulation. It's also energizing, inspires confidence, and makes your skin glow when your levels are healthy. And the skincare side of things and the acne side of things, I've kind of mentioned, like, I've been dealing with that and, like, trying to work on it being hormonal, and that's probably why we're going to have a Cycle sinking 102, and that's probably what it would focus on mainly. So that's estrogen, okay? Progesterone dominates in the second half of the cycle and is necessary for maintaining pregnancy. That's the only time I'm going to mention that one. <laughs> But basically, I mean, you have to just mention it once, right? The idea of the woman's reproductive cycle and reproduction, that is why our hormones fluctuate. That is why we have a 28-day cycle as opposed to a 24-hour one. And so obviously, that's like a cool thing, but it's also something that kind of some people won't really get in tune with their feminine energy, with their cycle, and like actually understanding the different four phases until it is time to consider pregnancy. Like people won't really give it the time of day until it actually matters, and it's just important like there's so many more benefits of living in tune with your cycle and like just connecting with your body, connecting with your feminine energy and embracing all of it as opposed to just like wanting to have a healthy pregnancy. Okay, so that's that's all I needed to say. But progesterone at healthy levels, it's also calming. It decreases your PMS symptoms and it improves sleep. And I'm definitely someone who will hear this and just start Googling like how to balance estrogen levels or how to lower estrogen levels because I mean, if estrogen is too high, that's kind of where we will see a lot of the PMS symptoms. That's where we've got acne. And again, every person's different. I'm not a medical expert also should have definitely started with that, but you got we know <laughs> I think I made it pretty obvious, but when it comes to hormones and balancing your hormones, you can't just focus on one thing, which is where I've gone wrong so many times. Like, your hormone levels are constantly changing, and that's not a bad thing. It's what's supposed to happen. And I've just learned that it's best to take a well-rounded approach, which is why I found the cycle syncing method so beneficial. Because, I mean, when I did take this approach, I honestly noticed a difference within the the first one. Like, when it came time, I mentioned PMS. When it came time for the annual, the monthly, don't talk to me, I'm in so much pain and I'm in a bad mood... That didn't necessarily happen anymore and then anything else that was wrong any other symptoms I was able to pinpoint after adopting the cycle syncing method then I was able to kind of heal Everything at once and then because I had addressed a lot of the root causes What was left over was an easier fix and I wasn't wasting energy trying to fix something that maybe just Needed me to eat more vegetables at a certain part of my cycle So yeah, and today when it comes to cycle syncing and when it comes to living in tune with the four phases of your cycle, we're gonna focus mainly on diet and exercise. Exercise because I like it, and food because it's seriously that's what made the biggest difference. And your diet, like it's honestly crazy, especially like once you get to kind of build that intuition, you kind of get to build the trust you have with your body and like you're paying more attention to the foods you're eating when you're eating them. It really does make I don't know. It's it's definitely empowering. We can use that word. But it can really just be the smallest things that make the biggest differences and the smallest changes. Like we're going to get into seed cycling in a little bit because that was huge for me. But like caffeine consumption, okay? I all right, I just said when I started kind of eating in a way that was in more in tune with my cycle, my PMS kind of just went away. I still had some of them, but there have been months where I literally had no symptoms, Which is so nice, okay, but recently, especially in the winter, especially with the sun going down so early, and I'm tired at around noon, and I'm ready to go to bed at around noon, which isn't ideal, and I've talked about that on here, especially with what I'm trying to accomplish, what I'm trying to get done. That's why I introduced coffee into my diet and I absolutely love this whole afternoon coffee grind I've been on. I order, I think we've talked about it, but I get the Think Four Sigmatic's. Instant latte mix something like that. It's like a little packet and it's got it's 50 milligrams of caffeine It's got coffee. It's got mushrooms. And then it's like sweetened with coconut sugar. I'll make that with the Walnut milk I make and then add some maple syrup. It's so good and I have it iced every afternoon But I mean I've noticed since adding that to my routine my PMS symptoms have come back and not as bad as they were But definitely it's more apparent So that's kind of why this episode is coming at a good time because I'm not necessarily willing to give up the coffee consumption right now. It's something I look forward to and I mean, it's not like I can go. I used to go to a coffee shop in the afternoon, not every day, but when I needed that little pick me up, I would go get a matcha at a coffee shop and that kind of just had a little bit more pizzazz to it, but making them at home with the second matcha wasn't really doing it for me anymore and I really like the coffee I make. But, okay, I want to feel good. I'm trying to heal my acne, which actually has been doing some good. Seriously. But I'm trying to reconnect with myself in the cycle syncing way, especially because I've kind of strayed a little bit from what I was doing. I used to be really, really, really good about it, especially at school. And then being kind of in a new environment, just kind of transitioning. And then also my goals have changed. The time I have in a day has changed. I don't like grocery shopping anymore. I've not been into cooking as much as I used to be, which are all things I need to work on. And cycle syncing has definitely helped in the past with my love for cooking. And I just get a lot more into like looking up recipes that kind of help with adding different things at different times. And again, I'm not interested in removing the coffee. So I'm trying to add more support in the cycle cycling department and other areas. Cool. And I mean, it's also been hard because options are scarce and there isn't exactly a way. Like I used to, If and we'll get into this. Like there are certain times in your cycle where you need more not micronutrients, but more vegetables. And I used to love going to like a grain bowl place, salad place, somewhere that was hundred percent gluten-free or was really good about celiac disease and like making sure there was no cross-contamination. And I could just get so many diverse vegetables and it was so perfect and so easy. And that's not necessarily a super easy accessible option where I am now, which is totally fine. But I just miss that. And again, really, really, really working on intentionally singing back up with my four phases of my cycle, because as always, I want to roll in to 2024 as the best version of myself. This is going to be a great way to do it. So we'll start with the follicular phase. I'm going to call this the first phase of your cycle. This is right after your period ends and it lasts about a week to two weeks, depending on when ovulation starts. And so for each of these phases, I'm gonna name some foods that are great to prioritize and then exercise that is also in alignment with where you are during your time of the month. And probably the biggest tool for remembering all of this is having an infographic of some kind like saved on your phone somewhere. I'll just screenshot one and then save it to my favorites on my camera roll. So I just can, like if I'm out trying to figure out what to eat or just like grocery shopping, I can always like click back on that. They have one in the In The Flow book, which I really like. It's definitely the most in depth, the most elaborate. It's just in the book. And yeah, I could take a picture of it, but then there's two pictures and it's just a lot. So this is the basics. But it is helpful to have an infographic. And also, just before, just before we get into it, nuts. I think that was what this honestly helped me balance my hormones so much was there's different nuts that are so helpful to eat during different phases of your cycle that are different from the seed cycling method that we're going to talk about after we go through the four. But prioritizing different nuts at different phases is actually awesome. And I'm not going to list these because I get them confused. <laughs> and they're just going to get lost in the sauce. But your follicular phase, food-wise, we'll start with grains, carbs, starches. So this one is basically anything with gluten, so wheat, barley, and rye, and then oats. And this part of my cycle is the only time I like want a sandwich, which makes me laugh. Like I genuinely miss I don't even know, like turkey and cheese lettuce sandwich with actually good bread because that's not super accessible when you're gluten Furry, but that's fine. All right, basically anything with gluten and oats. Vegetable-wise, we've got carrots, broccoli, leafy greens, all the veggies that are good for your skin because they're going to keep your hormones balanced and at a healthy level to set yourself up for success for the rest of your cycle and kind of flush out any excess, which primes you for the rest of the month. We've also got avocado, zucchini, citrus fruits, and then other sour fruits like pomegranate and cherry, chicken, eggs. This is the only time of the month where I'm actually able to eat eggs and they don't give me a stomach ache. And then vinegar. So like any sort of salad dressing, like vinaigrette, and then foods that incorporate vinegar, like olives and pickles, like tart stuff. And then exercise-wise, I love a run during this part of my cycle. Spin is great. Your body and like your intuition, you naturally want to try new things. So workout classes during this phase of your cycle are a great option. And then again, I love spin. I used to teach spin. Spin's the best. Spin's so fun. Spin's so cute. So definitely a great one. And then hiking Pilates, resistance band, high reps, low weight, strength exercises. And throughout your cycle, you can do the same workouts at different paces. Like you can go to a spin class whenever you want and just use different resistances on your bike. If they're doing sprints in the class and you're about to start your period, you don't need to do the sprints. You can sit, you can vibe, you can have absolutely no resistance and you can just flush out your legs and like work your lymph nodes and have a great time. And that's still going to be super effective based on where you are and everything like that. And like hot yoga gets thrown around as an option for a workout whenever and that can be so intense or you can literally chill out and it's 100 degrees and you can do child's pose and just vibe and that feels amazing too. Or going to the gym. You can always go to the gym. You can just be focused on different things like lifting heavy. You can be lifting for reps with a lighter weight like I just mentioned. Great for your follicular phase. Or you can prioritize stretching and mobility and i mean we're going to talk about like the importance of using your intuition to kind of figure out where you are in your cycle not necessarily relying on the calendar because that's kind of where i went wrong when i was starting but i love a warm up when i'm at the gym and i think i've mentioned this before but you don't always have to show up with a plan when you're going to work out cuz i'll do the same warm up every time and it's typically like 10 to 15 minutes and that's where i'm connecting with my body that's where i'm deciding what i need and that's where i'm planning the rest of my workout And it's important here too, to know kind of, I mean, it's important to look at the calendar and to understand where you might be in your cycle, but it's also understand what feels good during different phases. Follicular to ovulation is a little bit different, but like when you're going from your ovulatory phase into your luteal phase, into your menstrual phase, which I'm really trying not to be all over the place, but your need for, (laughs) your need for speed, your need for higher intensity things goes from you really are craving high intensity workouts to you want something that's a lot heavier. You want something that's a lot slower pace. And so just knowing that that's what that looks like and then getting in tune with your body in that specific moment and then saying, oh, you know what? I actually do want to slow down. That might be when it's time to transition from the way you're eating, the way you're behaving in your ovulation phase into the more luteal approach. And foods change with this too. Like there will be times, and I just mentioned eggs, okay? I can only have eggs during the follicular phase and then into my ovulatory phase. But then we reach a point where eggs are giving me the ick and I'm not, I don't want eggs anymore. And then that's when I know that my body's changing, my needs are changing, and then that's when I make transitions from there. Okay, cool. And then before we get into ovulation, there is so much importance there is so much like I just feel like it's very important for me to talk about (laughs) the importance of utilizing a 30-minute workout approach especially if you're feeling imbalanced and I definitely needed to hear this today because my approach to going to the gym has been all right I'm just gonna show up and stay for as long as I can like until I get bored or until I get tired and that has not been producing the most effective workouts. I was just kind of reviewing the book. I've said I've been listening to it on ebooks or audiobooks. And she was talking about literally only working out for 30 minutes because, like, if you're, I don't know, like, if your hormones are unbalanced and you're kind of at risk of missing or of like burning out, of wasting energy, of just kind of draining yourself for the rest of the day. Having a 30-minute workout approach, right? Like, going in, being like, I'm going to stay for 30 minutes and I'm going to do as much as I can for 30 minutes. I feel like that's so much healthier and you're also going to have a more effective workout. Like, I'm going to go to the gym after I record this and I'm really, like, I'm only going to go for 30 minutes and I'm, like, actually excited to have an end time (laughs) because I have not been doing that and I really think that that's going to help. Awesome. All right. That's the follicular phase. After that, we have ovulation, which... You can be in this phase. Technically, ovulation is only a day, two days. I don't really know. I don't want to give any sort of advice to anyone tracking their fertility, anything like that. Everyone's different. And I feel like people kind of guarantee things about your cycle and it's just dumb. But your ovulatory phase is like three to seven days. And each phase is also often linked to a season, which can change the way you cook. Again, like the foods kind of match. And you'll see that as we kind of moon down the line, but this is also why we will most likely definitely be doing a cycle syncing 102 because there is a lot of information if you haven't gathered that already. But follicular phase, that is spring. Ovulation, that's summer. And so the way, like just to circle back to the follicular phase, um... When I think of spring, I think of it's finally green again. And so that's why we're prioritizing leafy greens to help flush out the excess hormones to balance you for the rest of the year, the rest of the month. Okay, ovulation is summer. Corn and quinoa are like the top carbs to prioritize during this cycle. And then I think of corn in the summer and stuff like that. But also corn and quinoa are used to make the best gluten-free pastas. So I usually kind of go ham On this part, (laughs) I do so much with gluten-free pasta. And then red lentils are also prioritized during this phase and they make red lentil pasta too. So yeah, that's just an option, all right? Vegetables, we've got spinach, tomato, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, red bell pepper. This one has the fun fruits, apricot, raspberry, guava, strawberry, hot take, but I love this one. Cantaloupe, melon, stuff like that. And then protein-wise, we've got lamb, salmon, shrimp, tuna. And again, there's a lot more that goes into this. We're going to have nuts up on the Instagram. I just wanted to give the main ones and like the ones that are the most accessible. Okay, exercise, same vibe as the follicular phase. I cannot say it. Same vibe as the follicular phase, but you can up the intensity a bit. So any sort of hit workout or kickboxing. Kickboxing so fun. And I wish we had a kickboxing studio here because I would go all the time. But those two during this part of the cycle, and then sculpt and power yoga. Also, again, the same kind of energy. You just get to up the intensity a little bit. You get to like focus on that mind-body connection. Work your muscles, go hard. You want to. You have the energy. Also a great time to try new things, try new workout classes, have some fun. All right, we've got follicular phase, we've got ovulation. These are dominated by estrogen. Following ovulation that's when progesterone takes over a little bit We have the luteal phase which is about 7 to 14 days, which this one switches as we go from ovulation To the menstrual period of our cycle Like it's just transitional and so being in tune with what you need like focusing on What you liked during ovulation and then what is available in the luteal phase and then like just stuff like that so basically luteal is the fall and It's kind of where you're wanting to have more of a nourishing approach to food. And because like also with the seasons and like, again, I mentioned cooking earlier in your cycle, that's when you're wanting more like raw fruits and veggies. But then again, luteal, that's more in the fall. You're wanting like more comfort food, warmer foods. That's when we're roasting tons of vegetables, sweet potatoes, all the squashes. Those are prime ingredients to cook with during your luteal phase. And so we've got brown rice, we've got chickpeas which are also great for your cycle. What? No. Well, yes, but great for gluten-free pasta if that and that's just a much easier way to go about incorporating these things from my experience. Okay, cauliflower, cucumber, cabbage, collard greens which I absolutely love, garlic and ginger, I mentioned squash and sweet potato, peaches, apples, pears, bananas, pineapple, mango, dates. Very fall vibes. And then turkey, okay? Fall beef, cod, and halibut. So then exercise-wise during your luteal phase, this is when you want to feel like a strong bitch, (laughs) but it's when you transition from your fast-paced workouts and then into slower, heavier strength training that's more intentional. Well, that's a bad word, but this is where Pilates is also great. We've got hot yoga and then incline walking. So your hot girl treadmill walks, which are so fun. But basically, and I mentioned this phase being transitional, this is also like when we start, this is where we're getting as heavy and we're not doing a one rep max unless that's totally your vibe, but starting heavy, maintaining this slow pace and then lowering the weight as we move towards the menstrual cycle which then we maintain the slow pace but we're doing more body weight workouts and we can just keep moving along so through the menstrual phase of your workout this is when We are experiencing having a period. This is where rest is everything. Since we started talking about exercise, I'm just going to keep doing that. So we've got stretching, mobility, slow-paced yoga, and body weight strength training. Again, still really prioritizing connecting with your body. And then outdoor walks during this time, also great. And then food-wise, this is where soups and just like very nourishing meals are almost necessary, your menstrual phase, that is the winter season. Okay, we've got buckwheat, which I don't really know what that is, but I see it in like gluten-free pastas all the time. So buckwheat and then wild rice and then vegetable-wise, beets, kale, mushroom, kelp. (laughs) And then also in this phase, miso, salt, tamari, duck, pork, and then all the seafoods, octopus, squid, oyster, lobster, like sushi during your menstrual phase is perfect and I love in back at school there was my favorite sushi restaurant ever and in their sushi rice they incorporated wild rice so the rice was purple and Luke and I would go and if we ever went and I was like right about to start my period or on it it was it just hit different and I was a big fan, okay? That's what the food looks like fruit. We got blackberry blueberry and then watermelon and also just as another little life hack. I've mentioned the Mela M-E-L-A watermelon water on here before that stuff is super high in electrolytes and just very it just reminds me of Gatorade. It's got some sugar in it, which is totally fine, but Mela watermelon water during this phase is everything. So yeah, and I know I mentioned this. I know I've mentioned the different transitions and just like being aware of what different things look like, what different things feel like, what you might need during different parts of your cycle. But just get to know what works well and then ask yourself what sounds good and what would feel best. And then build that intuition, rely on that intuition and allow yourself to be in tune with that. I still track everything, but I'm more in tune with what I'm actually needing and I rely on that not on the calendar as much. So yeah and then lastly I said I would mention seed cycling. Okay this is different from the different nuts that are more nourishing during different phases but this splits your cycle into two halves. So the first half is basically your follicular phase through ovulation and this also starts kind of when your period is ending or during your period. And I kind of judge this on when pumpkin seeds sound good again. So during this half, it's recommended that you consume a tablespoon each of pumpkin seeds and then flax seeds. This helps improve your estrogen and progesterone ratio. It helps your body prepare for ovulation. And then it also helps eliminate excess estrogen. And then on the other side of this, following ovulation, heading into your luteal phase. And this is kind of your luteal phase until your period... I judge this by when I'm getting the pumpkin seed ick. This is when we're prioritizing having a tablespoon each of sunflower seeds and sesame seeds every day. And this supports progesterone levels, lowers inflammation, and helps with PMS symptoms. And as boring as this sounds, the only reason I'm mentioning it is because it's probably the best way to kind of start not so much building the intuition I think working with all the fruits and vegetables and the proteins that I've been mentioning like ovulation having ground lamb incorporated into something during that phase is so perfect just all the things I don't know but this is definitely the easiest so I will order or go to the store and pick up a box of Simple Mills baking mix, either the vanilla like cupcake and cake mix or the chocolate chip cookie mix. And then every night, and I haven't been doing this. I used to do this so religiously, but I have not been doing it. And I'm, this is one of the things I'm going to get back in the groove of kind of forcing myself into it because I actually loved it. But every night putting a couple spoonfuls of the dough mix into like a coffee mug with about a tablespoon of hemp seeds because hemp seeds are perfect throughout the whole thing. They're just so nourishing to your body. I'm a huge fan of hemp seeds. So we're using hemp seeds always. And then for your different phases, you're either adding that tablespoon of pumpkin seeds and flax seeds or the tablespoons of sunflower seeds and sesame seeds. And then adding some vanilla, adding some olive oil, mixing that all up and then adding like just a little bit of hot water to kind of melt it all together and create this like warm cookie dough with like all the seeds, all the stuff in it. So good. And sometimes I'll add banana to it, but I usually wouldn't. But it's a great way to, one, have your little sweet treat at night and two incorporate all these seeds that typically would kind of be a pain in the ass to have every day. Like no one would look forward to being like, oh shit, time to eat my tablespoon of sunflower seeds or sesame seeds. No, no one's doing that. I mean, some actually people are, but it's not as fun. So when you mix it together and then just the simple mills, they just do such a good job and so good. So yeah, that's really it. Cycle syncing 101. Um, just to again reiterate my personal knowledge, most of that is coming from In the Flow by Alyssa VD. I've mentioned listening to self-help books like this on audiobook the same way you would like listen to a podcast. I would highly, highly, highly recommend giving it a listen and then For more knowledge, if I'm needing kind of inspiration or some cycle syncing reminders, I will look up cycle syncing, either diets or or not diets. We don't talk about diets here, but like foods, meals, workouts, skincare, stuff like that. And again, that's coming in 102, but I'll just look it up on Pinterest. And then they've got tons of cute infographics that are just very easy to read, pleasant to look at and got a lot of information in them. And then that will also be, we will have our own version Up on our instagram when this is live so yeah and it's great too because cycle singing has definitely become more mainstream probably in the last year like there's recipes available online that'll just list what phase of the cycle they're best going to fit into most online workout platforms will categorize their workouts with the phases as well and it's just a great time to be alive honestly it's a great time to be a woman (laughs) it is actually Like, we're finally living in a world that actually is starting to honor being in your feminine energy. And that's huge. And I really hope I did it justice. Seriously, listen to In the Flow on audiobook or read the damn thing. I do both. And I love you guys. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. Again, I hope I did it justice. I just, this has been an important message that I wanted to get out. It's been something that I really wanted to just voice in the right way and just kind of summarize it because especially something like this can be so overbearing, so overwhelming, and just tons of information that's kind of unnecessary. And there's a time and place for everything. I just wanted to kind of like kickstart it because I think, again, starting is the hardest part. You don't have to read an entire book to understand the basics of it. But, and I guess just to kind of summarize, adopting this way of living and building my trust with my cycle building the intuition that I have, like going from face to face, like all the foods I listed, all the workouts, that's what tastes good. Like that's what sounds good, which is what's crazy. You're naturally craving all of these foods. It's not something that you necessarily have to force yourself into. Like Brussels sprouts, when you're ovulating, sound good. Scrambled eggs after your period, that sounds awesome. Just little things like that and living in this way has really Helped me step in to my feminine energy more and it's just helped me kind of develop a more holistic approach to healing And I just feel a lot more connected I guess and like trusting in myself and what I need and Yeah, there's just a lot that goes into it. That's why we're gonna do a part two But I will wrap it up there. Let me know if you have any questions I hope this was helpful. I hope you have the best week I hope you follow us on Instagram at Unrelatable with Maddie Wisner and myself at Madeline Wisner. I hope you're and review the show. And I already said I love you guys. So we will talk on Wednesday for our very special Sunday Scaries Hot Girl Guide to the NFL episode. See you then. Bye. <laughs>